The temperature is nice and warm in the Boiling Point Podcast studio, so come on in, get cozy, and let's enjoy the conversation. We empower leaders through thoughtful discussions to positively impact our world. Our host, Dave Vale, founder and CEO of Vision Coaching, Inc., is highlighting how we can thrive in business communities. Our conversations with leaders, entrepreneurs, and inspirational storytellers are shining a spotlight on empowerment. Joining Dave this week is our special guest host, Emily Roger. Let's join the conversation with Dave and Emily. <laughs> okay, well, welcome back, listeners, to The Boiling Point. I am with my co-host, Emily Roger, and she has, um, you would have heard in the last, our last conversation with Ted Catsby, that she has um, just recently come off an amazing trip um, to Chile. I have never been to that part of the world. I've, I've done a lot of travel around Asia and Europe. And I, um, what, I guess, do you appreciate most about um, South America? Oh, the mountains. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and the, the culture, the diversity, the, um, the using of the land, the emphasis on conservation is yeah, a few things that have really um, stuck out for me in my time. And all of my time that I've spent down there has been for fly fishing trips, whether it's been Chile, which I've done a couple of times now, or Argentina. Um, yeah. You're really, drawn, you're really drawn to the, the, I mean, that continent, are you? I think um, I'm drawn to the trout that are in that continent. Okay. That's, that's what, that's what kind of has, uh, has pulled me there. But um yeah, there's just, there's, there's such diversity um, in the rivers and in so much untouched land. Like the landscape is just incredible as it is in New Brunswick. I mean, flying even back into North America, it's, uh, I, I certainly do have the same appreciation here um, as I do for there. Okay. Well, we're glad to have you back. Actually, another thing I'd like to mention, um, this, this, our podcast is now being sponsored by Vision Coaching, and um, Emily is a, a recent, uh, you know, new member to, of, of our, our coaching roster, and she's already getting uh, fairly busy, I would say, um, because people just want to work with you, and I think it's, I'm, I'm very excited for us to be collaborating that way as well. Likewise, Dave, it is just such an honor to be a part of the of the roster um, at Vision Coaching, and yeah, I love the the connections, the 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 clients that I get. To. Again, it's like another platform to find like who is that right coach client fit, mm -hmm. and um, and how when you have a roster of coaches for you to be able to have that ability to kind of recognize after getting to know a client of who would be a good match. And sometimes the clients will just read bios on vision coaching and say, like, I want to work with Emily, which has happened. Or sometimes it kind of comes through conversation and it's a, it's a fascinating process. Well, and most recently I'm going to introduce someone who, you know, was describing qualities and I was thinking, Oh, I'm the perfect coach, you know, because then I thought, because no one else. And I thought, Oh wait, this is actually this is perfect for Emily. And it was around athletic background and stuff. It was a big component of it. So um, more on that later. But you know what's yeah. been really interesting in the coaching world as, and we're going to bring our guest in, um, who is a, a repeat guest. Uh, and we're going we're gonna to tie into something. I, I think I might like to kick it off this way is, you know, we're coming out of a, I, I believe, or hopefully we are, we're coming out of a pandemic. 
it's been a it's been a really interesting time. It's it's impacted some businesses in in, in every business in a different way. Uh, from what we do as coaches, because of the remote nature of the one-to-one coaching, it actually uh, I was I didn't know if I'd have a business, and it actually our business expanded. Um, so we had just the just the good fortune and luck of of you know like not being impacted. And, and we're going to talk to our guests a little bit about um, maybe not having that same opportunity, but you know as but being able to. You know, use that word pivot. We all, you know, but to, to actually adjust and, and find some, some new opportunities out there. And our guest is Marilyn Barefoot. She's been a guest before episode 135. Marilyn, we didn't have video back then. We do now. So we get to see each other. Uh, welcome back. And maybe you could do a little intro of yourself for the listeners that don't know who you are. Fabulous. Thank you, Emily and Dave, for having me. 135. I feel like a, that's, that's a brand of some description. <laughs> that's great. Um, it's thrilled. I'm thrilled to be here. Um, yes, I was here. We were talking about creative uh, solutions, creative problem solving in episode 135. Uh, and just before we went live with this, we were talking about the pandemic and COVID and closures. My business is all about keynote speaking and creative problem solving live. And so you can imagine that basically on March, Friday, March the 13th, I think it was of 2020, when the world just basically shut down and said, no, no more in person anything. Uh, I had a lot of clients that said, okay, well, we'll rebook you for a month from now because this won't last very long. None of us had any idea of what we were facing, not in the least. And of course, we couldn't have because nobody knew what this was about. I mean, the Spanish flu wasn't happening when any of us were alive. So I had two paths like many people. You could just rock in a ball and wait, which didn't seem like a great path. And the other path was figure it out. How do you take a live speaking, facilitation, keynote speaking, creative problem solving business online? So I did. But what I found out was, guess what? In the middle of a global pandemic, nobody needs me. (laughs) I mean, I really wanted to believe that they did, but they didn't. There wasn't conferences. There weren't keynotes. There weren't workshops. There wasn't any facilitation work. Um, so as much as I could do it via Zoom and via Storms, I had to keep myself out of trouble. So I launched a podcast and I decided that I didn't want to talk about what I do for a living. I wanted to talk about something that would be inspiring, uplifting and interesting for the audience. So we focused on bravery. So we called it Breaking Brave because I happen to be a personal fan of Breaking Bad. Breaking Brave with Marilyn Barefoot. So It's all about interviewing people that have had really interesting, brave and challenging situations to face and overcome. Mm. Emily, I'll let you kick things off. Well, what stands out to me, Marilyn, is, is of you saying that people didn't need you, where my immediate thought would be, people needed you then more than ever. Because if your line of work is in being creatively unstuck of how many people felt stuck, like it almost sounds as if you kind of maybe felt a little stuck of, of this, of this, like, okay, 
There's no public speaking events happening. There's no group uh, facilitating happening, all of that kind of um, things. And uh, yeah, I'm, I'm glad that you were able to find that podcast to launch that. That's a, a topic that I, I love um, about breaking brave and people who overcome things. Um, but yeah, I, I would have thought that your business would have gone the total opposite way. And I originally did too. Emily, because it's like, they need me now. They need yeah. to over, they need creative solutions. <laughs> they need to figure out how to keep their business going, even when you can't really leave the house. However, I think that it was a recoiling effect of we're too scared to do anything. We don't know what's coming next. We'll wait and see what head office sometimes is it, 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 they'll defer to that. And we don't know what our revenue is going to look like. So maybe we shouldn't be spending any money right now on anything. We're just in survive mode. So I think people are, were so freaked out and so scared both professionally and personally mm. that they, they, they turtled and waited to see now it's getting busier now it's getting busier as the confidence is coming back and some of the the guidelines are being lifted and people are traveling and people are having meetings again it's now it's busy i you know just i had a a team coaching uh, opportunity come up and they they really want to do in person and our our models it's done over you know probably it probably works out to about three or four month period and you meet you know and the workshop and you have follow-ups and and um and they're they're really well received a lot of people want them in person and we've done some virtually but this particular team one i have never had something be rescheduled more often so i think so so i i believe we're going to meet late april okay that's the latest date and i was looking back it's almost been two years since we started trying to you know and the team has changed obviously so i can you know in that Client example, I can totally relate to what you're saying, and it's and, and, and the frustration around it, right? Like, is it like is it even relevant anymore? <laughs> you know, now we're well, finally- yeah, exactly, and and yet there is this beautiful rebirth. If you want to, I can't think of the right word to use, but one of the first live speaking sessions that I did was a retreat in Banff last year. Mm-hmm. I, as a Canadian born and raised, have never been to Banff. I'm embarrassed to say. My kids have. They're awesome skiers. I'm a terrible skier. So there was, I mean, there's more to do in Banff than ski, but that was generally why a lot of people went to Banff. I was, it it, it was indescribable. In uh, the Creative Arts Center in Banff, floor-to-ceiling windows, real people, real smelly Mr. Sketch Markers, and a vision of mountains that I have never seen before in my life. And I thought, hasn't COVID taught us some fantastic lessons to appreciate what's around us that we maybe took for granted and who's in front of us physically, and we can now shake their hand slash after and before and after using hand sanitizer. But it was magical. It was almost like I didn't even have to say anything and they didn't have to say anything. Just standing in a room with floor to ceiling windows of mountains and sky and sunshine and real people was like, 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I can relate to that, Marilyn. So I um I have a, a documentary that was filmed on me by Hemings House, Greg Hemmings. And um I did an in-person screening of it a few weeks ago. And it was the first time that people were wearing masks, a lot of some of them, and just and and the first time that it was able to be a larger in-person event. And it like it made me emotional of just how much I have missed that personal physical connections of people that yeah being able to shake a hand as you said if you hand a sanitize before and after um and and just that that different level of engagement and now just having such a greater appreciation for those times oh i i i try to look at as we talked about when we were just coming on air dave i try to look at the positive side as most people you know, try to, I think, and the lessons we've learned through COVID. And I've got to say, the appreciation of the smallest of things, especially, well, mountains aren't the smallest of things, but like birds at a bird feeder and little things, because we have to find joy in things we really were too busy and too rushed and too occupied with business things to see or appreciate. And now I hope we don't lose it. I really hope we don't lose it. But we probably will (laughs) as human beings as flat as we are. We talked about that earlier, but I agree. I'm with you. It was interesting. I I did a session, an in-person session. It was kind of like a year in, but it was, you know, like we had the wave and everyone thought it was over before the next wave came and I had an in-person session. And I actually had to throw out a big portion of the agenda because I was realizing, you know, people hadn't been together in a year and um, it was kind of in a distance way, but, you know, that changed as the thing went on and it was, you know, people being safe, but it just, I just realized they just, that connection was so important, you know, and the conversations about, you know, in every stage of the, of the workshop were just that much longer, that much harder to break them up. And I thought, why am I trying to break them up? Like there, 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 there's so much value from just being together. So we're all, we've all experienced it in different ways. So that's so neat to hear. Um, let's go to, I, the, the, I'm really curious about the podcast and uh, Vision Coaching has a purpose statement about unleashing courage. We want to unleash courage uh, in ourselves and in others. And I think that's the work we do on a daily basis. And to me, that's about being brave. Mm. Um, so let's what, tell me about, I mean, and, and, uh, and I like breaking that as well. So um, breaking brave is, is, is perfect. What has that been like, you know, starting a podcast and, you know, especially the topic you have um, you know, for, the, for the podcast? I have always admired brave people. And I've always aspired to be a brave person. Now, you know, in traditional thinking, maybe bravery is running onto a, a field with a wielding a sword on a horse. That that's not who I'm interviewing. Um, bravery can be such a small, Im- almost imperceptible kind of little step. But if it's brave for that individual. It's brave. Mm. And over the years, that as people started to become, here's all the spin words, vulnerable and transparent and more open. I'm not putting that down. It's just that those words like pivot are, are learning. We need to 
put those somewhere in a library for 10 years so that when we get them out, they seem new again. Um, you start to hear the struggle stories and you start to appreciate the struggle stories. And I thought, I think during a pandemic, what people need instead of, oh my God, I can't go to Hawaii for my vacation. Let's hear about some real gritty bravery that will uplift the world. So I don't really have a definition of, of bravery, but all of my guests do. So some of the people I reached out to originally to come on the podcast were people like Diane Bergeron. So Diane Bergeron is the head, the vice president of uh, CNIB, Canadian National Institute for the Blind Guide Dogs. And she's been legally blind since 15. In other words, she was born sighted and then went blind. Yeah. And and she's completed three Ironman competitions and scaled down a 29-story building. Okay, that's huge. <laughs> and 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 jokes about Marilyn. I had some cataract stuff type of surgery that was done for me a couple of weeks ago, and I realized for the first time that I could see a shadow in my refrigerator. Who knew that there was a light in the refrigerator? If you're not humbled by that, I don't know. So we've had guests um, like Diane, and we also, I spoke to Dr. Edmund Metatawaban, who's a residential school survivor and a recipient of the Order of Canada. It, it ebbs and flows in all directions of bravery. And I've learned so much because I have to research all these people before I talk to them. And I've learned so much through talking to them that it kept my intellect moving during during the pandemic. But I hoped it also inspired people who were listening to say, wow, if they can do it, I can do it too. And maybe not vacationing in Hawaii isn't the worst thing that's ever going to happen to me, right? Mm. Well, I, I got a whole bunch of thoughts, but I'm, I'm guessing you do as well. Right? Yeah, you go for it though, Dave. <laughs> Well, I, I'm just wondering what you learned about, you know, for, through other people, but what have you learned about yourself? Oh, that I think a couple of things. First of all, I, I have been brave through my life and maybe I never recognized it and I never gave myself credit for it. Definitely never gave myself credit for it. And so by turning, you know, making a, shining the light on a guest somehow that reflected back a little bit yeah. on me and I think that every the other thing I've learned was every single person in the world has a different uh, version of bravery one of the guests I interviewed said bravery is not pretty it shows up with a really snotty runny nose in other words it's not that gallant kind of knight in shining armor version of bravery it can be really messy really ugly and not too nice to be involved in but it's still a step in in a great direction well, yeah. you know, i'm just going to quick follow to that like just i i what i've noticed you know the idea of courage or bravery is um you know everyone like you i mean just repeating what you're saying i think but it's it's amazing that a small, like, you know, if you know someone in a, in a coaching context, you know, you know, you know, they, they might not have a problem skydiving, 
Um, but having a conversation um, with a spouse or with a business partner or with a parent, it takes an immense amount of courage for them where another person who does that all the time doesn't want to go skydiving, right? So it just, it really seems, I, I'm always amazed at what, you know, and, and to me, each of those acts is courageous. It's just, it just it's, it's courageous to that person in a different way. Um, so I just, I just, anyways, just fully understanding that. And, and we often think of it as, the big things, but but it, sometimes it's the smallest. Of, it could be the smallest of some things, you know, in terms of if we see uh, in other people. Mm. Sorry, I, think, yeah. I, th- I think too, Dave, that it's 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 in us, and we don't even really know that it's in us until we're faced with something big or small, mm. and, and it's almost a guttural gut reaction, a guttural reaction, where it's like you run into the fire, but you're not thinking about the fact that you're running into the fire. So it's, it's a teaching moment for me as I talk to these folks and, and perhaps also for them to reflect on it, that that's in there and that's how you reacted and, and good for you. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. 4Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at 4Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. I love um, you you touching on Marilyn about the recognizing and giving ourselves credit because how easy it is to be dismissive of when we do show up and and be brave. And that was something that came out of it in your question, Dave, that I was never expecting. I didn't consider myself a brave individual. Never, ever. All these other people that I'm actually interviewing, well, they're the brave ones. But somehow the the, the light effect of shining the light on the guest and, and, and the mirror effect on myself, you start to say, well, wait a second. Some of these brave situations that I'm discussing with the guests, I've done some things. And it 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 makes you realize it makes you think about it. It makes you, you don't often give yourself the kind of credit that you should. And so that was very uplifting for me personally. Are you, so what are you learning uh, through, you know, the whole, like, well, maybe I'll, I'll back up. Um, I find podcasts so fascinating, like being a, being a host or a co-host of a podcast <clears throat> and it helps. And it's really interesting I don't watch a lot of uh, podcasts after that I'm involved in or listen because you generally can be very critical, you know, of yourself. And, and I was just talking about that recently, watching myself and going, oh man, slow down. Um, but you but you do learn a lot from being part of it, and participating in it. And um, I was shooting a video with a colleague and he was commenting on how 
um, he said, wow, you seem so comfortable in, you know, in, in you know, my portion of the video. And I realized at that point, well, I've been doing podcasts at this point with Greg Hemmings for like five years. And yeah, there is a certain level of comfort that comes along with just not knowing, you know, and just going with it, and especially in these free flow of conversations. And, and, you know, there's many other learnings as well. But I'm wondering for you, you know, doing a podcast, um, what's, what's, what do you, like, what's the biggest kind of takeaways for you? I, as a speaker, love, I love doing that, but I, I've never really had a lot of, this is going to sound strange. I don't think I've ever really had a lot of confidence in myself. I mean, I stand up on stage and I, and I derive great energy from speaking to and with people in a, in a large situation, but in a podcast, there's me. Mm. And there's the guest. And yeah, we have a screen. But the first challenge, Dave, was uh, my executive producer. Because I, I I have to hire people to help me with this because I don't know how to do all this. Gave me a huge list of equipment that I had to buy. So the setup of the equipment and the mic and the soundboards and the, and, and, and the programs, that was challenge number one. But I felt good about being able to figure out how to record and, and, and set up soundboards and mics and things like that, which was great. But then I think it's really interesting now to listen to some of the intros that I recorded. We've been doing this now for a year, a year ago. And they're very, I can tell I'm scared. I'm scared of the mic. I'm, I'm scared of looking at myself in a camera. I'm scared I'm going to say the wrong thing, even though it's recorded and it can be edited. I sound very stilted. I sound very kind of like trying to put on a radio voice or a voice that's going to sound great. Mm-hmm. And then now, the more you do it, the more comfortable you become with it. And the more you realize that being yourself is exactly what your audience wants and that they're going for a run or a walk or driving their car. They're listening to your podcast. They want it to feel like you're sitting or walking or running right beside them rather than, you know, so polished and professional that gaffes and goofs are actually a good thing. Yeah. Yeah, I recently, um, I did, I, one of, one of the, I do some public speaking as well. And recently one of the events that I did, I, um, kind of decided ahead of time to go in unprepared, to not have anything scripted, to just speak whatever came to my heart to speak in that moment. And it is scary. And there were mo- two minutes before it started, I'm like, oh gosh, <laughs> like huge mistake, Emily. <laughs> but it's this thing of, for me, what came up is that if I deliver a keynote, then I want it. My default is to, it's got to be perfect. And what do other people want to hear? Or not even what do other people want to hear? How do I want to present myself? And, and the more I thought about it, I was like, wow, I am making this all about me. Instead of just waiting to see what naturally happens, reading the audience, feeling the audience, even if it is just done via Zoom. And it was honestly probably one of the most powerful speaking engagements that I gave. And this thing of, okay, even if I stumble on what I'm going to say, well, that happens if I have something completely polished. 
and and then it's like who who am I trying to be by showing up with that perfectly delivered timed speech and then what expectation am I putting on someone who might see a who might see themselves of wanting to be a public speech speaker and then the comparison and all of the things um that that happened but that yeah those things take bravery and when we recognize that we are brave how much easier then makes it to continue to be that way when we're giving ourselves the credit versus dismissing it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 100%. I don't, when I do keynotes, I don't use slides. I don't, I don't use um, PowerPoint slides ever. That's not to say in my head, I haven't figured it out to think about what routes it might go. So I try like you to it, always deliver it from the heart. And if the audience asks the question and it goes down one road, great. Mm. But I, I just, I think especially after COVID, nobody wants slides. <laughs> it's um, it's fun. Like I like where I really like where you you both went there, and you know, because I had written down because I wanted to come back. This one of the learnings for me has been just letting go, and you know, like I don't know how else to describe it. It's just letting go of, you know perfectionism you know to, to whatever degree that is and and then you know and then the other thing i think is once you you put this um like so for example uh there's times um john viev I, I wanted her to edit out something in a podcast and i'm sure she does edit out some things um that should be edited out and other times i was just like well and it's it's connected to me i don't like how i delivered that in my head and then then it's like who cares just whatever you know i mean like it's like who's gonna judge me for that i mean oh well like um and and it and it kind of it's yeah it comes with you know and it's not just not to say that that you don't fall down that hole again or that trap um but it's it seems to get fast-tracked a little bit more and more and um it's like the first time i've I pushed a newsletter out, you know, the first newsletter we ever did. By the way, anyone listening, you should definitely get Marilyn's newsletters are good. I really enjoy getting them. Um, and we'll, we're going to find out, we're going to find out at the end how, how the people can reach you. But I remember the first one, first one, it was like, I don't know, 15 years ago. Oh my God. <laughs> like, like everything, you know, and I had someone helping me and it had to be perfect. And then of course it went out and something screwed up. <laughs> it was like, we spent all this time making it perfect. And it was, I mean, disasters are, is, is a bit, bit of a dramatic word, but it was not perfect. It was far from perfect. And I think at that point after I said, whatever, because every time we sent something out, I would have, you know, certain people in my life who have uh, are well-intentioned who get back, oh, there's a grammatical error, there's this or that. And I was like, okay, thank you. Um, but just being okay with that. Yeah. And, and just trying to just, you know, ship it, as uh, Seth would say. Um, yes, not, not just get, ship it. Yeah. Ship it. Yeah, and and the idea of um, how does he describe like um, perfectionism is you know for the cowards or something like that, but it's because mm-hmm. you know, then you never get your you never get your content in. Absolutely, and and I think for me too is listening to the brave stories and 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 the struggles that my podcast guests have gone through. What do you mean you're afraid to open the box and set up the microphone? Come on. This is a woman who's blind, who's scaled down a 29-story building. 
it's okay. And it's okay to make mistakes. Yeah. And the whole, and it, 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 perfect doesn't exist. But a lot of us in, in my generation, they, they were raised that way. It had to be perfect or it couldn't go out. Well, no, it's wrong. And, and so this, the podcast has helped me to overcome. I, I never would have had the bravery myself to start it if it wasn't for some of the people I was talking to that put everything in perspective for me. Mm. And, you know, and that what comes to my mind, Marilyn, is that you being brave has now created a platform for other people to be able to hear those stories. So what a gift of you showing up and, um, you know, Dave and Jean-Viev, and I'm sure a lot of the listeners might be familiar with this, but I had my front tooth taken out long story a couple, a few months ago, actually, Dave, I go on Monday for jaw surgery again and an implant. Long story short, I couldn't get, I didn't have a front tooth for four weeks. I'm currently wearing a flipper partial retainer um, until I, things continue to heal. But I did a LinkedIn post on me with no front tooth. And it's like, this is who I am right now. And the, the fact that, that I didn't even see that as being brave. Now I do. Um, but that the space that that provided for other people to then want to show up and to try and find, to see ways of what ways they are hiding and, you know, something so small that I didn't think twice about of doing a LinkedIn post, the impact that it has on people. And, and I think that your podcast must be such a similar, um, yeah, creating that similar opportunity for people. I hope so. Yeah, I hope so. Emily, I think, you know, people talking about Linda Lundstrom talking about her fashion business and how it went bankrupt and how the bank had called in their loan and how, you know, these are the sides of these successful people that the world has never seen or the stories they've never heard because, well, nobody wants to hear about Linda Lundstrom declaring personal bankruptcy. Well, actually, yes, we do, is I think it creates so many problems out there in the world when everybody's trying to be perfect or trying to look like XYZ on Instagram or no, no, this woman battled, battled, you know, how does it feel for Diane Bergeron, who is a mother to allow her daughter at age five in a for lack of a better word, a squat and gobble, like an eating place in a mall, to walk her own tray with garbage to the garbage can when she had no idea where she was, if she was okay, or if she was coming back. Mm. Yeah, there's um, Emily's story with front tooth, like it. It went, if you're not familiar with Marilyn, it went viral, like in a, in a massive way. No, and, I'm sure it did. And, 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 and in that, it's funny, you don't view that as being brave, um, Emily. But you certainly, and I know the vulnerable worlds in the, in the library right now to be pulled out in another decade, um, as you said earlier, Marilyn. But, I mean, there was a level of vulnerability there and just being, and, and her, her, your post was, I, I really enjoyed it because it, and also, you were just saying, this is how I felt. You know, I had my pity party, and you really described it. And then you said, I'm going to own this kind of thing. And that's the way I remember it anyways. Yeah. Um, and I 
said much better. Um, that I think resonated as much as you posting a picture of yourself, you know, with missing the front tooth. Uh, so, and it was, and, and by just by the reaction, like how many, how many views do you have now? Well over 2 million. Oh. Yeah. Like, so like, there you go. Right. And so, so that's obviously speaks to, you know, people being brave, being courageous, getting out there, being vulnerable, um, and, and, uh, and using a public platform to do so. Um, and it must've, you must've felt empowered by the response at some level, Emily, or I, at least I would. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I, I felt kind of, I felt overwhelmed <laughs> about it, to be honest. And, and yeah, and, and empowered of, okay, here I go again for surgery next week, not knowing how it's going to play out. Last time I was confident it was going to play out a certain way and it didn't. Um, but it does, it gives you that, that courage to then just be able to continue on because yeah, we can be brave once, um, but, but it's, it's a continual thing that life is going to call us to draw on. So Marilyn, where do, uh, how do people learn more about you and, and in particular this the podcast, which I'm going to start listening to because I'm fascinated by the topic and I appreciate you breaking it down for me. Thank and you. Um, so my, my website is MarilynBarefoot.com. So it's M-A-R-I-L-Y-N, barefoot no shoes as opposed to the animal foot. Cause people go either way on that, but it's okay, B-A-R-E-F-O-O-T. <laughs> I often get Christmas cards addressed to B-E-A-R. I'm like, no, well, no. Um, or at Marilyn Barefoot on, on Instagram, the website has everything. And it also has the podcast there within the content section. The latest episode that we just released last week was with, uh, Olga Krakovna and Olga is single-handedly raising money and sending it directly to her friends and family and doctors and nurses and the military on the ground in the Ukraine, making mm-hmm. a difference. Yeah. So I try to do a, a really wide spectrum of interesting stories. And so thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you for the call out on the connect. Yeah, well, and actually, could I, one more question. Like, are you, how are you finding it, like, you know, having guests, getting guests, finding guests, having people come on and talk? Just, I know what's the end, but I'm just curious. Yeah, well, originally, I made a guest, a list of people who, who I felt that were, like, influential big people that I knew. And, and I reached out to them because I thought, oh, I need big names on my podcast. And then slowly you realize that you don't need big names on your podcast. In fact, you need everyday people that relate more to the audience than if you were a, a big name. And so it, it, at first it was a little bit of, hey, I'm doing this. And and they, well, let's listen to a couple episodes. And it was like, well, we don't have those yet. So will <laughs> you take a fly with me, please, and and be a guest? Um, now it's coming to, first of all, I have a better lens on the kind of people that I would like to chat with based on what they're doing. So I've always got my radar up on LinkedIn around various stories and people are now recommending and putting up their hands and saying, Hey, I know somebody who did such and such, maybe I could connect you. So it's, it's, uh, there seems to be a never ending opportunity of finding really interesting people. And now that people are getting aware of it, then I'm, I'm getting connected that way, which is great. 
Well, good for you. Good for you. Well, I'm going to pitch a guest to you. Her name's Emily Rogers. It's a fascinating story. I really think, and, and when you see the, if you see the documentary on her life story, you'll, you'll understand why she'd be a perfect guest for Fantastic. I think you made a sale there, Dave. Absolutely. Emily, you and I on another, on another day on another screen, we'll talk about your story. That would be awesome. I would love, love to chat with you. Absolutely. What is, I would love to leave, what is one thing that you could leave the listeners with as a, um, like an act of, of courage, an act of bravery? What is one way, one thing that, that could help others tap into their bravery? I think, and I'm just answering with my gut because I'm not a coach and I don't, I don't do what you guys do by any means, but I think you write it down. First of all, I so believe in notebooks and pens, not on a, not on a computer, write it down in a notebook, like a new notebook with, with a really nice pen that you're in love with. Mm. And then think about how you can make that thing that you're scared of. It doesn't have to be jumping out of an airplane. It could be trying avocado. I don't care what it is. Write down a few little teeny steps you could take and then checkbox them when you take them, right? Just give yourself credit for all the teeny steps. And before you know it, you may have checkboxed the big thing. I think with with bravery, people look at it, you know, our greatest accomplishments are just on the other side of fear, said somebody who I have no idea who that was, but... If you break it down into manageable little pieces, then all of a sudden it becomes less of a big, scary, hairy monster to try to tackle. Yeah. Good advice. Excellent advice. Joe, if you have, can you, uh, can you talk to the listeners and tell them all that good stuff? Or Emily can do it if she wants, but I'm, I'm just... This is this is not an area that Dave has been brave enough to to tackle yet, uh, and this would be an area where we have some of those flubs and funny moments that I den- tend to leave in because I, I think that they are they do kind of show personality. Um, so what I usually end up saying is that if you'd like to learn more about the Boiling Point podcast, you can head over to our website, boilingpointpodcast.com. Uh, you can listen on any of your favorite podcast channels. You can find us on social media on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Twitter. And to watch these video versions, you can head to Facebook and YouTube. And we'll, we will, of course, on our website, link back to all of Marilyn's information. Awesome. Well done. Very brave of you. Um, thanks, uh, thanks, Marilyn, and uh, thanks to the listeners, and thanks to my co-host Emily and the tech from John Vieb. And we're episode what? Do you know what episode number what we are this this one? No, no, well over probably three or four hundred. We stopped uh, keeping track at one point. Okay, well, we'll have Marilyn back on in another couple hundred, I guess, because she was on one thirty-five. Perfect. Thank you so much for having me. I really enjoyed our chat. And Emily, we'll hook up at some point later to talk about your story. I'm fascinated by fly fishing. Oh, yeah, I can I can I can chat that one, too. No, I look forward to it. I look forward to chatting with you on Breaking Brave. And um, yeah, thank you. Welcome. Thank you, guys. Have a great day. Bye. 
Thanks for listening to the Boiling Point Podcast. Remember to subscribe and rate our podcast on your favorite listening platform. To find out more, head to our website at boilingpointpodcast.com. You can connect with us on LinkedIn, Facebook, and Twitter. To find out more about Dave Vale's work, head over to visioncoachinginc.com. Thanks for listening, and make sure to check out our next conversation. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on BlastTheRadio.com, Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter.